Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. And welcome back to another stabby snippet here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara, and as always, I'm joined with my favorite person in the whole wide world, Jessica. Yay! I, that's a promotion right there. <laughs> that beat out your husband and your child. <laughs> Yay! Hey guys. Oh goodness, we just got off our live stream, so we are a bit hyped up right now. But hi, hello. So uh, as you can tell from the title, we are going to be doing an update on the Lori Vallow case. It's been a minute since I talked about this. In case you know nothing about this case, this is involving the missing children, JJ and Tylee, who have been missing since last September. I did a previous stabby back in January when things were kind of blowing up about this in the early days of this case. If you haven't heard that, go back and listen to that. The title's just Stabby Snippets, Tylee Ryan and Joshua J.J. Vallow. That's going to give you a breakdown on everybody involved with this case, all of her husbands, and all the people that's died around her, and uh, an early timeline. Yeah, I like that you had to be like, husbands. She's literally had five, yes. The key people that are over the air, of course, is Lori, Chad Daybell, which is her current husband, and her brother Alex Cox, and some other family members. So yeah, a laundry list for you. But where I left off on that episode was the authorities had executed their search warrant on the home that Chad and his older children from his previous marriage with Tammy resided in. The updates of them removing tons of items, you know, from the house and then also exhuming Tammy's body due to thought of foul play is kind of where I left off there, just to kind of give you a little refresher for those who may have heard it. At that point, no one knew where Lori and Chad were since they had just up and left, basically, when things started to go down. Now, again, you guys know this case is a cluster, but we are going to walk through more of it. Uh, And this is a thousand percent not going to be the last episode on this. And uh, make sure you're listening to the end because you're going to find out some stuff for hinting at future episodes on this. (laughs) I previously had waited so long to go ahead and do an update because I was hoping we would have more answers than we do. Sadly, we don't. These children are still missing with no answers. So because some more stuff had happened more recently and it was kind of popping up more in the Facebook group, I thought it was definitely time to go ahead and talk about this because the other episode had dropped back in the end of January. So it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Wow. It's been a minute. It hasn't felt like it, but it apparently has been. (laughs) (laughs) Think about it. We've flown across countries and said, and back. We have. We have. Okay, to start for today, we're going to back up a little bit in that timeline where I was before and come back forward. So we're going to back up to October of 2019 due to some information that's came out since then, and I want to update you guys on that. 
So, first of all, on October 1st of 2019, Lori rented a storage unit. There's security footage that surfaced, and it shows Lori and two men who are, allegedly, Chad and Alex, taking 10 trips to the unit. Now I say, allegedly. Because it's been enhanced, and it's totally fucking them. Especially the dude who people think is Chad is totally fucking him. Just saying. Mm, Okay. So nine of those trips happened in October, and the final one was in November. So on 10-2, we see Lori and the alleged Chad. Again, I keep saying that because they don't have a positive ID, so I'm trying to be proper and go with what they're saying, but it's like... You know it's him. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll quit saying alleged now, but I just want to let you guys know. I was trying to be fair. I get it. Alleged. Alleged. Anyway, they roll up at 2.25 p.m. and the male rolls a car tire and then both of them go back to the car and they bring in a removable car seat. Now, it's not a car, like a kid car seat, but an actual seat from a car. So they both carry it, like a removable seat. Oh, like a van? Mm Mm-hmm. Or a Jeep. Oh, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) I get to that. They leave the facility at 2.32. So they were there a really short amount of time. Interesting fact, because I said, or a Jeep. You might remember Brandon was married to Melanie, who is Lori's niece, and she's part of this cult craziness. Anyway, he was attacked this day. I went over that in the previous episode and how it was speculated that Alex Cox was the one that had shot at him. And Lori and her, you know, posse had something to do with it. Well, it's reported that the shot came from a Jeep and that model of Jeep not only has a removable back tire, but a removable back seat. Oh. Both of which would need to be removed in order to open the back window where said shot supposedly came from. Interesting. So it's possible these things were from that Jeep. They could have been from somewhere else, but that's what it seems like. It's quite a coinkadink. Right, exactly. So besides the custody battle, it's speculated that there was incentive for Brandon's death because of his insurance policy that he had recently had, or that he had had recently been risen. Red flag. Hello. Mm-hmm. He also has assets totaling over $1 million. Wow. Yes. So the next day, Lori comes back with the other man, who's allegedly Alex Cox, and he carries out the tire and the seat from the storage unit. There's another visit that's pretty noted on October 28th of Lori and Alex, and they have a six-minute visit there, and they are bringing in some items. And then on the final visit on November 24th, Lori and Chad are there for four minutes. And this is when they're seen bringing in items that are the kids. So Tylee and JJ's. Mm. A little bit more on things that also happened in November. Authorities begin surveillance on Lori all the way back on the 1st when they catch wind that the kids are missing. And detectives report that they had never seen JJ during that whole month of surveillance. On November 5th, this is the official date of marriage for Chad and Lori. I know before, a couple months ago, we weren't quite sure on the exact time frame, but that is the date they got married. And while we're on the topic of their nuptials, a photo has surfaced recently from an Amazon order that was placed on October 2nd, 2019 for a woman's wedding band. And the shipping address was to a home in Rexburg, which is where they live. And creepy, 
The shipping address had Charles Vallow's name on it, which, if you remember, this is her husband that's been dead since July that Alex Cox shot in their house. Oh. Mm-hmm. And the other thing about this ring, because that's like kind of whatever, I guess maybe people just didn't update the shipping info that happens, you know, that kind of shit. But here's the thing. This ring was ordered before Tammy died, which was October 19th. She ordered this a good 17 days before she died. Wow. Melanie also comes back up in November as well. On the 14th, she was arrested for allegedly trespassing on Brandon's parents' property. And then also sometime at the end of this month is when their divorce finalizes. And if you are following this and remember, she does remarry very quickly. We will kind of get more on him a little bit later. And another thing that happened in November that was just like, what the fuck? There's people who had said that Lori and Chad had told multiple people that Tylee had previously passed away like years ago. Why Why do people keep saying people who are missing are dead? Why do they do this? Right. And now we're going to creep on over to December of 2019. And I think this is kind of when things started to really kick off. I feel like stuff's starting to happen. So. This is something we know now. This is not something we knew then. This is something we knew, we know, like, kind of more recent time. Lori and Chad fly to Hawaii on December 1st from L.A. to Kauai. Mm -hmm. And J.J. and Tylee are not with them. They are not seen. Nowhere to be found. As I mentioned previously, Tammy was exhumed on December 11th. And even now here in April, we're still awaiting autopsy results. It's not that they're not telling us. It's still they haven't gotten them back. Wow. There's got to be something. Yeah, there's definitely got to be something. And then the next day, so December 12th, is when Alex Cox turned up dead. As a refresher for more death for you. The search for Tylee and JJ become published by the authorities out to the public by the 20th, which is quickly followed up by Chad and Lori's lawyer with a statement on the 23rd saying, quote, Chad Daybell is a loving husband and has the support of his children in this matter. Lori is a devoted mother and resents assertions to the contrary. We look forward to addressing the allegations once they have moved beyond speculation and rumor, end quote. And then we got clapback from the police. Go them. On the 30th, uh, they put out a statement saying, quote, We know that the children are not with Lori and Chad Daybell, and we also have information indicating that Lori knows either the location of the children or what happened to them. It is astonishing that rather than work with the law enforcement to help us locate her own children, Lori Vallow has chosen instead to leave the state with her new husband, end quote. So they're acknowledging that this bitch knows something and has possibly done something. Mm -hmm. We're going to jump into 2020 now, which is really sad because these kids have been missing such a long fucking time. Right. So on January 2nd, Lori's card was declined for a payment on the storage unit I talked about a bit earlier. And no more payments are ever made on it. So, of course, it ends up just kind of, you know, what storage unit does. They, like, surrender it, auction it, whatever, that kind of shit. Mm -hmm. The search warrant I also talked about when I was kind of recapping, where they removed a bunch of stuff from the house, that happened on January 3rd. And this is where we were, you know, wondering where Chad and Lori are. And like I mentioned you know, now here in hindsight, we know that they had flown to Hawaii on the 1st, and then they would actually be found the weekend of January 25th by authorities. So, hooray, we fucking have them. And Lori was served on an order to produce the children within five days, and also search warrants were issued on their vehicle, which was a black SUV rental that they had, and a townhome where they were residing in. 
On January 26th, EastIdahoNews.com is there, and they try to interview Lori and Chad while they're walking. They're in, like, a parking lot or something. And this is probably a video most people have probably seen popped up because the guy's asking her a bunch of questions like, where are your kids? How do you feel about people, like, praying for your kids or, you know, trying to probe them to get something? And last thing he says is something about, you know, people praying for her kids or whatnot. And she's like, that's great. And he's like, what's great? Great that your kids are still missing. Great that people are looking for them or great that people think you murdered them. And I'm just like, get it. Right. But that's barely the tip of the iceberg on Lori pissing you off when you watch videos of her. So. Oh, I know. I watched that video. It was like she didn't say anything. Chad was being slightly obnoxious. And then that happened. And I was like, oh, she can speak. I thought she was mute. Okay. Right. Fuck. Oh, and I will also, like, little sidebar, East Idaho News, their Facebook page and everything, they have tons of updates on this case, obviously, but they do a lot of good coverage on it. So if you're looking for kind of, like, day-to-day stuff on it, definitely check it out. Get it, East Idaho. Right. Now, on the 29th, Larry and Kay Woodcock, JJ's grandparents, they had put in the initial well check, which kind of like started all of this. Mm-hmm. They file for guardianship of JJ this day. And then, of course, the deadline of January 30th arrives and the kids are not brought in and we know nothing. So a few days later, on February 3rd, a reporter from East Idaho News visits the storage unit. And that's when we see pictures and stuff that there's the kids clothing, there's bikes, there's scooters, there's photo albums, you know, obviously stuff that these kids would probably have with them kind of thing. Right. But it also kind of put a like stop on the fear of, oh, God, because people were theorizing, oh, my God, what if their bodies are in there kind of thing? They're not. Oh. Since that's happened and everything, the authorities have seized all the items inside the unit and then also the Jeep. So they have all of that stuff to check all of that out. Okay. And then finally, almost a month after she's found and not turned her kids in, on February 20th, Lori's arrested in Princeville, so still in Hawaii. In court the next day, we learn that she has a $5 million bond for bail and is being charged with two felony counts of desertion and non-support of dependent children, and then also with the following misdemeanor charges of resisting or obstructing officers, contempt of court, and criminal solicitation to commit a crime. During this time, while she's in Hawaii, she's held at the Kauai Community Correctional Center. On February 26th, Lori's back in court and she waived her rights to an extradition hearing. At this time, she does ask the judge to reduce her bail to $100,000. The judge denies it, of course, uh, due to the fact that she is a flight risk and has already been ignoring court orders. They include the fact that she ignored court orders as simple as just child visitation when Tylee's father was still alive and that dated all the way back to 2011. So she has a history of it. Got it. The defense, of course, tried to argue that she wouldn't be a flight risk because her passport was expired and that basically she wasn't running from the law because these charges that came from Idaho happened after her move to Hawaii. But she moved while your kids were gone and when the search warrants were popping up. So just saying. Um, Lori, dearie, (laughs) crazy ass Lori, you ran from Idaho so that you wouldn't get charges. You disappeared. Which, by the way, like, when they were like, no one knows where they are. They obviously traveled under their own names. I'm like, did nobody go, like, Delta.com, like, Hawaiian Air? Like, did anyone not think, oh, they disappeared. Maybe we should check flight records. I've watched enough cop shows to know that's what they do. Right, right. And it's like, 
Kauai is not that big of a place. Right. Because it's not even like, say they came here to Alaska and they're like, oh, we know they're in Alaska, but where? That's going to take time. Come on. Hawaii is pretty small. Right. Unless they flew private. I mean, they still have to be on a manifest, but that could take longer to get, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, this is just us speculating at this point. It would make sense if, say, they flew commercial to L.A. and then from L.A. to Kauai, they flew private. Right. That could have been because the police knew they were out of state. So that could have been the hang up. That's actually a good point. I didn't think about that. I just like I thought about that, like when they were saying the police finally found them. I'm like, what do you mean finally found them? Like to get to Hawaii, unless they fucking took a rowboat, unless they had false identification. Yeah, I don't know. And I mean, you saw those wedding pictures, too. They weren't hiding. Right, no. But there are certain people in this country who feel that they are, like, above the law because they just feel that they are. So it's like, no, that's not how this works. Mm, I feel Lori is definitely one of those people. Oh, yeah, most definitely. So Lori would have her last hearing in Hawaii on March 4th, and this was basically just a status hearing, letting them all know that the team from Idaho was there to get her and that she would be leaving on a red eye that night. And then she travels and arrives in Idaho on the 5th and is booked into the Madison County Jail. Also around this time, the FBI released that the kids had last been seen alive in Yellowstone National Park on September 8th, 2019. They released a bunch of photos from that day and all the information regarding that trip that included that they were with Lori and they were with Alex and they had all been in a silver 2017 Ford F-150. And basically they were putting this out because we're still looking for these kids, obviously. So they were just asking for anybody who was at Yellowstone during this time or traveling in the area that, you know, recheck your videos, recheck your pictures, things like that. If you picked up anything, let us know. Or if you saw anything, let us know, you know, to get more tips. Mm -hmm. So that was a big fucking deal. That was a big fucking deal because that's kind of a location thing, too, you know? Yeah. Then on the 6th, she had her first court hearing in Idaho, and this was fucking infuriating to watch. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I rewatched it, like, today. Her demeanor is just re-fucking-diculous. She looks like she's being impatient waiting at the line at the bank, is what I remember. I was like, what the fuck is this woman doing? Yes. So she's very soft-spoken. Like, I don't even know what she's doing, but I just want to punch her. Um, she smirks a lot. She's rolling her eyes even at times. And she just seems very relaxed, very like Jessica said, it's just not a big deal. It's whatever, you know. Slightly annoyed, like annoyed that like the lady in front of her is counting out change, but like not yeah. enough to be like, fucking go. Like, <laughs> okay, let's get this done with kind of shit. That's what it is. Yeah. So during this, the defense requested that her bail be reduced to $10,000. Or no higher than $50,000. The reason being that leaving it at $5 million would basically be the same as holding her with no bail. Which, uh, hello, that's the fucking point. Yeah, you're a flight risk. They tried to argue the same things that her other defense lawyer did about not being a flight risk because of the fucking passport. And that the Hawaii move was planned this whole time. And then they even went back in like her history on how she was such a good person. And she was a volunteer here and there and da da da. And it's like, okay, great. But her family has literally said before she joined this cult, she was a 100% a different person. So that doesn't even matter. It's also like, okay, your passport is 
expired, but you've proven that you can get out of the lower 48. Yeah. So it's like, hmm, lady. (laughs) You got to have some kind of ID to fly. I'm assuming she has a valid driver's license. She could disappear. I mean, look at the stabby we just talked about last week. Like that dude disappeared for 45 days. Right. You get a friend with a cabin, like Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, that area. It's like a lot of vast open places. Mm -hmm. So like you get a friend with a cabin that's not going to tell on you because they're part of this shit. Like you could disappear. Or the whole commune thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Chad was also there. You can see him in, in the frame. He's like in the back a little bit. He's a couple rows back. Other details came out too that I feel like are applicable here because I believe the prosecution brings this up is that uh, as far as like money and stuff. Go- oh, because I think the defense tried to say that she doesn't even have a job. How is she going to pay for this? And the pro- <laughs> prosecution's like, let me tell you. Let me tell you how they're going to pay for this because this is how they paid for Hawaii. So Chad had gotten quite the hefty uh, insurance payout when Tammy died out of her life insurance. Of course. Of course. And Lori continued to collect the kids' Social Security benefits after they went missing. So she's also getting money. That's welfare fraud. So, like, where's that fucking charge? Yeah, I don't know if... See, that's the problem if they can do charges or not because they don't know where the kids are. They don't know who has them. I'm sure that will come down once there's answers on that. Right. They can definitively prove the kids weren't with her while they were in Hawaii. So all of that time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So that makes sense. Okay, so that makes sense. They could at like the very least. Yeah. Do that. Yeah, I got you. So on top of all of that. The prosecution, he pointed out that she would very, very likely be facing up to 30 years in prison because of these charges. So that would absolutely make her a flight risk because we've already seen her do it once. And, um, you know, she defies court orders and brought up the same argument the previous prosecution did. Mm-hmm. And he also says something that really stuck out to me and so rings true for her ass. He said past behavior is the best predictor for future behavior. It's true. Yes, yes, yes. Of course. The defense is trying to be like, well, she doesn't have a criminal record yet. Honey, like, yeah, you might not have gotten like robbed a store or done something up until this point. But like all of a sudden you're in conspiracy theories that you've had people killed, that you're killing people, that you've killed your kids. I'm sorry. Like if I was a mother of however many I know she has more than it's she has more than two. Right. Or is it just the two? She has three because she has the older brother that did the YouTube video. That's right. And he was also on Dr. Phil. <laughs> uh, you know, like if I was if I was a mother, mm-hmm. like I'm not a mom, but I can definitely fucking say that if I was a mom and somebody was accusing me of murdering my children because they had disappeared, my ass would not be in Hawaii. My ass would be on the street looking for my kids, mm-hmm. following every lead. I'd be like the freaking dad on Criminal Minds where he like beats up the sex offender because he's like, you have my kids. And he was way wrong. But like, that would be me. Every lead I'd chase down. I would be cooperating with the police so much. I would be like, okay, I got this. Mm -hmm. What can I do? Oh, I don't know where my kids are. I can't find them. I wouldn't have fucking ran off, got married, moved to Hawaii, living off of their money. And God knows where they are. Right. Exactly. So at the end of this hearing, uh, the judge did decide to reduce her bail, but it was set to $1 million and then also set conditions that if she did make bail, she would need a waiver of extradition signed. Also put in place an order that Lori wasn't allowed to leave past certain, I'm assuming, surrounding counties. He listed like three or four different counties. 
have an ankle monitor on 24-7, and then also be present for all of the court appearances and maintain communication with her lawyers and abide by all laws, of course. Fun note, all the bondsmen in that area were declining her and didn't want to work with her, and I don't blame them. They had made a statement to one of the news sources that I have and were just like, if she doesn't show up for court, we're responsible for that. And one even admitted, like, I don't think I have the insurance to cover that. So hell no. Plus all of that. And then on top of everything she's being accused of and all of this other shit and all these people dying around her. No, not putting my hands in that. So mm -mm. I mean, I think that's probably why the judge probably like I can see the judge looking at their financial records and going, there's no way they're getting a million dollars. Right. There's no way. So I will be happy to lower it to a million dollars. But there are crazy people out there who probably think she's fucking innocent and could probably raise it. Please don't. But there seems like there's a lot because it basically she has to have that ankle monitor on. and She cuts that shit off like she ain't ever getting out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But we do have a bit of a plot twist in things. So on March 13th, the defense filed a motion to have the judge, Judge Farron Edens, taken off the case with no reason listed. He approved and removed himself. At the same time, Brian Webb and Edwina Elcox announced that they would be leaving her defense team. So this means that Lori's now left with just Mark Means. So instead of a three-person team, we're down to one. Oh, shit. Yeah. Allegedly... And this is not in a smart ass, allegedly. This is like one or two sources said this and the rest are just saying they left. Mm -hmm. Allegedly, she fired them, supposedly, but I don't know. I could also see why they may not want to get involved with this kind of thing because she's potentially a very dangerous person. So you piss her off. Right. Also, a waiver was sent in to push back her preliminary hearing that did get approved and Lori is now due back in court for that on May 7th before Magistrate Judge Michelle Radford Mallard. So everything's all set for next month for that. Oh, shit. She's going before a woman. Mm-hmm. Oh, girl. <laughs> and we do have a couple uh, updates that have happened in this month as well. On the 9th, the Attorney General announced that they were taking over the investigation for Tammy's death. And Chad and Lori are now being investigated for conspiracy on attempted murder and or actual murder. Mm. There's currently no actual charges, but depending on what they find, those may be coming down on them. Right. And then uh, when you're hearing this, it's Thursday the 16th, I believe. She does have another bond reduction hearing tomorrow on Friday, April 17th. We'll see what happens with that. Interesting. And uh, one more tidbit we have to talk about before we wrap things up. And I'm sure some of you are probably wondering when the fuck I was going to mention this. Well, here we go. So there's also been a couple articles surfacing in the last couple weeks that Lori's claiming her children were zombies. <laughs> Back in March, Brandon came out with this claim. This somehow came up in the court documents with their custody battle that he was having with Melanie. She allegedly had a conversation with her new husband, Ian, about all of this. She told him that she was concerned about the kids because Lori and Chad believed that they had been, quote, possessed and became zombies. And according to their religious beliefs, zombies are described as, quote, human bodies that had their original spirits forced from them and have been possessed by either a demon, a disembodied spirit, worm, or slug, end quote. Interesting. Yeah. 
Melanie shared concerns that she'd been told Brandon needed to die and that because of similar reasons, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. And that may indicate the same for Tylee and JJ. And there's also discussion in documents that the religion is, quote, cult-like. And on top of the zombies in this religion, they believe in teleportation and, quote, dark and light portals. Melanie said she learned about all of these things at a temple and then from Chad and Lori. Ian said that when he first heard this, he had never heard anything like this before, but he was going to have an open mind to it. Mm. And this all came from an alleged conversation Ian had with his lawyer, and this was found on a computer owned by Ian. Got it. So. What's going to happen now is we're going to wrap this stabby up here. But, but, but before you hit stop, me and Jessica are going to have a bonus episode coming for you in the next few days. I'm not going to say a specific day because I don't know, but Hmm. it will be coming. Basically, Jessica and I, I'm going to read through the court documents, which are pretty fucking wild. And we're going to kind of dive in and have some opinion talk about the zombies and cult and And all of this shit. So we thought, you know, add a little extra content for you guys, a little extra bonus episode. So keep your eyes peeled on socials and here in your podcast feeds for that. But this is all we have for these updates now. Oh, and last little rumor, one more. (laughs) (laughs) There was one more that update is so stupid. Um, Apparently, there was a rumor that Lori was going to be released from prison due to the COVID outbreak. But the facility was like, no, we're good. This bitch is staying in prison. It was basically a British tabloid of all places that had said that. So if you read that, don't worry. She's not fucking going anywhere. But yes, that is going to wrap up this stabby on the Lori Vallow and Tylee and JJ case. All of the information, if you guys have any tips or anything like that, any information will be in the show notes and on socials as well. Of course, this is an open investigation. Keep your eyes out for that bonus episode and we will see you then and on our next regular episode. Have a good day, guys. Bye. Later. Later.